Hi, welcome. I'm Dr. Cameron Thompson, and I'm starting a podcast to be a resource for those striving to find and cultivate a more human way of life for themselves and the world around them. I'm excited for the conversations we're going to have together, where we'll draw out the enchantment and meaning of cultural artifacts, drawing from history, literature, psychology, theology, art, and culture. You don't want to miss the first episode, so subscribe today. I'd really appreciate it. We're releasing the first episode in early to mid-February. I look forward to speaking with you then. Hi, this is Dr. Cameron Thompson, and... Since this podcast is centered around the theme of exploring and mapping the meaning of things, which often entails sharing stories, I thought it would be appropriate, by way of an introduction of sorts, to share with you something of my story, something about who I am. But where should I begin? Like Dickens Copperfield, I was born and I grew up. My story, like everybody's story, didn't begin with me just like it won't end with me. That is to say, my story does begin with me, because it is my story, just as yours does and is your story, and we each live it in our own way. It is our own unique, unrepeatable story, each of us. But it didn't begin with my life. My story, like anyone's story, began a long time before I was born. My life, like your life, has a part to play in a much larger, much longer story of history. And understanding the earlier parts of our story and who lives on in us in the traits and the circumstances that we've inherited is an unfolding process of discovering our mission, which is really a core part of discovering who we are and what we are meant to accomplish in this life. But I digress. My story begins, at the earliest I know at present, with scholars and artisans, migrants and farmers. My mother's people come largely from the former dominion of Lothringia, with various of my ancestors coming at the end of the Thirty Years' War, and again later, the restoration of the Duchy of Lorraine, from various parts around the Habsburg dominions, to accompany Duke Leopold, then newly returned from exile, to build up the villages and towns, and to settle there, and re-establish peace and, hopefully, prosperity, after nearly a century of war. That country, now divided between France and Germany, had been a middle kingdom of sorts, caught between rival world powers. Elsewhere on my mother's side is a long line of vineyard growers, a tradition that I carry on myself and my own family. When my mother's people came to the Americas, they played significant roles in establishing and building up the town they came to, including helping to establish a monastic community, both of nuns and another monastic community of monks, in the village to serve the religious needs of the people. My father's people come largely from the British Isles, with the addition of some minor nobility from Scandinavia and others from Germany. My father's people count among themselves not a few great scholars and musicians, even including at least one martyr of the bloody religious conflicts of the 17th century in England. Most of them came to America very, very early on and played a part and points at both sides of the American War for Independence. Some later came from Ireland during the, gra- the great mass migrations to North America during the mid-19th century. Now to more recent events. I grew up in an environment where the music and the arts were a part of everyday life for me. 
I have fond memories of my grandparents' house on Sunday evenings, listening to early Baroque music on their cabinet-sized record player, my father helping to train my ear to pick out the various instruments playing, as they wove in and out amongst each other, now carrying the melody, now giving away to another instrument, all in a symphonic dance of interplaying harmony. It is chiefly to this early training, and subsequent musical training, that I credit much of my ability to discern and interpret the various and subtle meanings of things, and to find the pattern signal amidst the noise that illuminates the relationship of various things, say, a piece of art, a building, a story, an idea, a new word in a foreign language, the relationship of these things to the whole, and the ability to draw connections between them, and translate or shed light on them for others. Thanks to the early diligence of my parents and the fortune of having their time when I was very young, I learned to read by the time I was four, beginning with Fun with Dick and Jane and that whole series, which I still think is the best material that is out there, methodologically speaking. And after putting that aside for a while, I got back into reading when I discovered Kelvin and Hobbes in the Sunday paper. I would spend many of my summers of my childhood at my other grandparents' farm, learning all manner of things about farm life, gardening, and agriculture, to say nothing of the hours spent exploring the vast forests behind their farmhouse. From a young age, I took an interest in languages and cryptography, tinkering and dabbling here and there. I understand my great-grandfather was quite the cryptographer, even to the point of playing some role in the behind-the-scenes work in cipher to support the Allied efforts during the Second World War. But although there may be something to it being in my blood, I really do believe that language learning ability is a, is less about raw talent, which I admit I have, and more about understanding the proper technique and skill to recognize linguistic patterns. In any case, this skill set is transferable across domains and has served me well in being able to delve into and understand the significance of various things and their interconnectedness through complex systems. I believe, in general, the category is called semiotics, that is, the interpretation and translation of meaning, which will be, of course, the main theme in this podcast. Many other things passed in my childhood, as with everyone's. I attended college at a seminary in its training for the priesthood, which was a very formative time for me in learning prayer and theology, as well as beginning to get an understanding of leadership development in the quasi-military academy structure of that particular seminary that I was attending, there's a long history in that particular institution being inspired by West Point, but has much changed since its earlier days, perhaps lamentably, though the seminary rector at the time did somewhat to revive that rigor and esprit de corps. At some point I decided that the secular priesthood was not for me and spent some time visiting monasteries to explore that possible way of life. It was in these places, alongside my graduate studies in anthropology, that I gained a better appreciation for authentic Christian spirituality and practice, particularly during some time that I spent studying in Rome. In any case, it was during that sojourn to grad school, after having stepped out of preparation for the priesthood, that I was traveling to the East Coast looking at possible schools to pursue a PhD, specifically in New York City and Washington, D.C., I went to the Metropolitan Museum of Arts in New York City, and while wandering the gallery of ancient Roman sculpture, spending time with the likeness of one of my childhood mentors, Marcus Aurelius, the two others being Benedict of Nursia and Dante Alighieri, whose likenesses were of course in different galleries. Anyhow, pondering what to do with my life, as twenty-somethings are wont to do, I was struck by a particular statue of a woman in the likeness of Aphrodite, with a long draped tunic, hair woven about her head just so strikingly beautiful facial features, youthful in appearance, and yet in her eyes was the knowledge that many things of the years bring, 
On her brow sat wisdom, and in her was great strength as well as tenderness. I said to myself, and to the nearby bust of Marcus Aurelius, that if I ever found a woman like that, I could marry her, and we could spend our lives together, worthy partners in this adventure of life. I passed the rest of my remaining day in New York City with not much remarkable, spending the evening in Little Italy at a restaurant where I had a, some friendly conversation with the, in Italian with the owner, who was from Frescati, which is a, a really nice little town I visited once just outside of Rome. The next morning, I hopped a bus for D.C. On my trip to D.C., I was to meet up with a friend for lunch, who was going to introduce me to another friend of hers, whom I had met once in passing, but really didn't know well. In any case, I was to meet this woman just after I got out of the subway stop, and we'd go together to this restaurant where our mutual friend was waiting for us. I didn't know who I was really looking for, and only had a name and a cell phone number. I got off the metro and started to dial the phone so we could meet up in the crowded square, and as I emerged from the dark underground into the broad daylight, a phone rang, and just as I heard a voice pick up the other end of the line, there she was, twenty paces in front of me. As she turned around, I saw, strikingly beautiful, draped tunic, hair woven about her head just so, the very likeness of Aphrodite. Then and there my heart was taken from my breast and transported to the heavens. Lunch went fine enough, and afternoon turned to evening, and our friend having gone home, we walked amidst the gardens of the Basilica, talking of many things. When it began a torrential downpour, we sought shelter under the transept portico of the church, and sitting there side by side in the portico ledge, basking in each other's presence and soaking with rain, we heard a sudden click, and in a moment the air around us ignited with light, charged with electrum, and bang! The thunderclap of the gods shook our very core. Lightning had quite literally struck. The gods had been defeated, and this was their parting shot. For a little over a year later, this wise and beautiful woman and I were married. And so the years pass, not without other adventurers, but those are for another time. We have a house and children now, and are launching on a new adventure, perhaps our grandest together so far. And that will unfold over the coming months and years, so stay tuned in to not miss it. Thank you for letting me share with you something of my story, a little bit about who I am. Officially, by profession, I am an anthropologist and moral psychologist now, specializing in human formation and culture, but at the heart of it, I seek to share with others what I see and know, guiding them to accomplish what they never thought possible, helping them to, to develop the eyes to see more deeply and the skills to live more fully human lives. I seek to give voice to a new and ancient, indeed timeless, way of seeing the world, opening windows to sources of wisdom long forgotten but rich with life. We've all seen the misery of what some have called the malaise of modernity and heard the relentless call for renewal and hope for a new way forward, a new way of being in the world. So it is my mission to answer that call, to seek out and give a voice to a new way of life that frees us to become who we are created to be. I am on a quest to make possible for others this new world I have seen. I am a bridge builder and map maker, drawing out the interconnected meaning of things around us to shed light on a world steeped in culture and alive with meaning, so that we can together revive the deep roots of culture and recreate that world anew. All that is gold does not glitter. Not all those who wander are lost. The old that is strong does not wither. Deep roots are not reached by the frost. From the ashes a fire shall be woken, a light from the shadows shall spring. Renewed shall be blade that was broken, and crownless again shall be king.
You've been listening to the Marquesa de Carabas podcast, the pre-first episode. Join us next week as we launch the official first episode of the podcast, where we will meet the Marquesa de Carabas himself and discover the magic that can be accomplished with a little help from a cat wearing boots.